and welcome to a brand new episode of the Final Corner Podcast, where a bunch of idiots talk about the British Touring Car Championship and sometimes Formula One. I'm Tom, and we're joined by Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. But we're not joined by the usual Scottish host, Colin Barr. He is in a different country, so it's a one-off special. Yep. Yeah, so apologies in advance, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, it's it's only when you uh, try and prepare for the episode yourself you realise how much uh, effort Colin does put into it. Indeed. On, on, on a slightly serious note, he does a lot of research, he does all the editing, he pays for the podcast to host in. He made the theme tune with his own instruments, maybe. Mm, and so, don't um, think that's true, but we'll go <laughs> <laughs> So, shout out to Colin. Anyway, shall we talk some British touring cars? That's what we're here for. Right, so it was round two, which was Brands Hatch Indy. The second round and the fourth, fifth and sixth race of the hybrid era. Indeed. Did you have good fun watching it, Nick? I did when I finally got to watch it. Ah, yeah, about that. We should probably dip dip into that a bit later on. but Yes, we'll come to that. Yeah, similar complaints for a few years now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll jump in later. So um, we're going to go through each of the three races, blow by blow and qualifying, but then obviously then provide our opinion. But before we do that, it's time for the BTCC News Roundup. News Alright, so the news update, there's there's a lot to go through, so I'll just rattle them off, Nick, and then you can yeah, yeah. chime in with any opinions. So, one from a few days beforehand was Will Powell is in the Hard Cooper, replacing Jack Goff for the season, which meant one additional car was back on the grid, if that makes sense. Yeah, which is the good news. He didn't really do much this weekend, baptism of fire. Mm. Um, he did a part season in the Touring Car Trophy last year with the best result of 7th, but um, not much to say in a touring car land at the minute. So let's see how it progresses in the year. Yeah, it was the British Endurance champ in the GT3 McLaren last year, but it was in the Class 1 and it didn't look like a massively competitive field. Right. So let's see how he progresses. Um, yeah. He did test the car last year as well, so there was obviously some consideration for him to be in the seat from this year that initially then went to golf, mm. but then, I don't know, we don't know what the what the deals are going on. No, he was only 1.6 seconds off of pole, and I thought that's actually pretty good considering he's just been chucked in that car at the last minute. That's a very good point, yep. So we'll have to see, and then I think he's wit. we'll jump to it, but I think he went a lap down on slicks early on in the first race, so then your weekend is yeah. compromised from that point, so. Exactly, yeah. I'm not holding out high hopes for him, but we'll give him time. Yep, and it's good that that seat is now filled. One thing from the first round at Donington, which wasn't reported on until after that, is that the Toker engine that you can lease as a team, as opposed to developing your own engine, which is this year created by M Sport in the Lake District in a lovely facility, uh, normally known for rally engines and rally cars even. The, the teams that ran that engine were given a boost increase before qualifying at Donington, and I thought it was weird how it was then it was tested on two unspecified cars in practice beforehand. Uh, and I think this is a key thing to just bring up now, because this is one to monitor through the season. Brands Hatch Indy is a tight little circuit, so you won't be able to see any differences, but there were still some murmurings in quali after qualifying about all oh, straight line speed, even at Brands Hatch. So uh, this could be very political, so we just need yeah. to flag that. Yes, I I'm not sure there was much difference between the cars at Brands, but we're off to Thruxton next, so... Exactly. So, one to monitor. Uh, before the Brands weekend, uh, from the braking zone at Paddock Hill Bend, the first 
corner and on the corner exit, which is either known as Pilgrim's Rise or Halewood Hill. I think it's hill down and rise up. Could be wrong there. That was resurfaced anyway with new asphalt, mm. as was Graham Hill Bend, um, which, as we'll cover in the races, it was wet and there were some different lines going on there. Some Sometimes mm. the wet line didn't work or did, and sometimes it did. Um, but the funny thing about this, I thought, was... Uh, there was BMWs at the, at the front of the grid, and they claimed yeah. that the new surface was a, a. Oh, they were benefiting from it more in dry qualifying, um, to which Tom Ingram uh, dismissed. Yes, it's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, possible to know, but it seems everybody's got the same surface, so I don't know why it would benefit one or the other. Yeah, per se. But and then a few other small things. The Infinities are now run by Bob Moffat's, Aidan Moffat's father's workshop as opposed to Team Hard, which Team Hard mm-hmm. looked after them at Donington. The hybrid boost, just for Brandsatch Indy, is only 10 seconds per lap as opposed to 15. Yes. Because the batteries couldn't recuperate the energy enough because there's not enough uh, braking zones. Makes a lot of sense. And the race was on a mixture of ITV4 and ITV1, which we'll cover uh, later on as well. So that's that's kind of the news. So I think we should dive into qualifying. And it's important here. This was a confusing thing. I don't know if you picked up on this, Nick. With um, the amount of hybrid that you could use in qualifying, basically championship position. Were yes. you up, You know, were you okay with it? Did you understand it? Because I struggled a bit and so did ITV. Unfortunately, I didn't actually get to watch the qualifying. Right. Um, so I didn't see what happened, but it sounded very confusing from what I've heard. It makes sense in principle, but when Steve Ryder was explaining it, at the start of actually the Sunday broadcast, he was like, it's kind of like ballast in the good old days, as we used to call it. <laughs> uh, yes, I did hear that. But yeah, I, yeah, I find it very confusing the way it's different from the race to the qualifying. Yeah, exactly. I, I know it obviously makes sense because you can't limit them by laps in qualifying. No. But yeah, it's hard to take in, but we'll get there with it, I think. We'll have to get used to it. and. Mm-hmm. I think we also have to accept, and I don't want to uh, bash viewers, but I think the majority of BTCC fans don't watch the qualifying. Um, no, I, I try to, but I, I don't yeah. make a special effort to do it. If I'm here, I will watch it. Yeah, and I think part of that is the majority of the time it's only online, so you can't like, series record it. No, exactly. You have to watch it while it's on, don't you? Yeah, it's for the hardcore, and it's only on the ITV.com website. It's not like on a popular platform like Facebook and YouTube either, so it really is for the hardcore. The cognoscenti love it, but otherwise, otherwise, it's just mm. uh, people just see like the f- two-minute sizzle on the Sunday yeah. on the recording. But it's sort of a w- really weird thing that will only happen probably once, which is right. So the way it works. Oh god, I'm going to confuse myself here. In qualifying, <laughs> it's the number of seconds you're allowed to use per lap, as mm-hmm. opposed to the races, which is the number of laps you can use it. Yeah. So the rules are: Ingram, he's leading the championship going into this round ahead of Cook in second and Shedding in third, right? In qualifying, Ingram has no hybrid boost to use. But Cook in second place, he can use one and a half seconds per lap. And in theory, it goes down to up to 15 seconds for those in 11th or lower in the championship standings. Right, but how does that work for Brands Hatch if they're only doing 10 seconds a lap? Right. Don't hold me to this, but I believe they were allowed 15 seconds per lap during qualifying. That would make sense. Um, and I'm not sure where I heard that. I don't know if it was on the broadcast or if I read it on the internet because I can't actually get reference to it anywhere since. Yes, that's the frustrating element. Is yeah, if it's... I can't remember where I saw it. Yeah, maybe um, 
we should start our own BTCC website and cover <laughs> cover the little yeah. small things like this and interview people. But anyway, that's for another time. Getting ahead of myself there. But yeah, it was really <laughs> confusing because they showed on the TV on the graphic. Oh, so in seventh you'll get nine seconds, and in eighth you'll get ten and a half seconds. But the boost for this weekend is only ten seconds. It's like so. Yeah. I'm glad you cleared that up there, and let's hope that that was correct. That won't be the case at any other track, right? But as it was far still as I really know, confusing. yeah. The only other thing I think maybe Knock Hill might have some problems because it's a bit smaller, but I think oh, they yeah. can probably get away with it because there's some heavy braking there as well. Right, so then the qualifying results. I don't know if you just want to uh, talk through maybe like the top top five. Yeah, so we had Turkington in first, um, followed by Jake Hill and Stephen Jelly, then Adam Morgan. And for those who know the sport, they will know that's all in the same car. Uh, with Josh Cook leading up the first of the front-wheel drive cars in his Civic in fifth place. And so that's... Very close. It's... It, mm, well, I say yeah. very close. Um, very close after Jake Hill. Colin Turkington had a, a relatively big gap. And yep. it doesn't sound it. A tenth and a half, but around Brands Hatch Indy, that is quite a big gap. That's what I was going to counter with. <laughs> so you, <laughs> got, you got there before me. <laughs> yeah, Colin Turkington smashed it. But the BMW 330Es, as they're branded this year, yeah. were completely dominant in what must be said were bone-dry conditions, mm-hmm. which obviously the Sunday wasn't. So part of me thinks, well, we'll never know, but would the Sunday be very different if it was uh, dry? I think that's what the majority of the paddock was thinking, but they can yeah. never argue with that. So that's the end of that discussion. But, yeah, um, I do think BMW would have been the dominant car in a dry weekend. But like I said, we can't prove that. Yep. Um, George Gamble was 7th in the other BMW so they're all Indeed. in the top 7 mm-hmm. and Ingram was 6th with zero hybrid yes but then again this is the best track to get away with it I think I agree with you there because even like you said Knock Hill's a short one but it's got the mm. big uphill pull where yeah. the boost will be uh, potentially exaggerated and Silverstone's quite short and simple but because it's so high speed um, this you, I think this is the one where it'll have the the least damaging effect to have yeah. zero boost. Yeah, and Josh Cook, there also, he was second in the point standing, so he only had one and a half seconds of boost. I mean, I'd be interested to know if he actually used it or not. Yeah. Um, and also he was the first of the Toka power plant uh, vehicles. The second of which was Rory Butcher in ninth. But again, tight circuit, mm. so there's not too much to read into that. There, there was a few losers in qualifying. I thought. Uh, yes, very much so. Who would you uh, pick out? Uh, well, mostly Plato. Yeah. Um, but I believe he had an issue in qualifying, I heard on the broadcast, but they didn't say what it was. I don't think. I, I see. Well, because the qualifying replay is, is not available at the time of recording to watch back. Yes. Um, <laughs> Can't we, verify. We cannot verify. And also because there's no article online with the, with an interview or something that we can find at the mm-hmm. minute. That also... The things are getting lost in the ether at the minute, which is a yeah. slight concern of mine. Um, there was also Ashley Sutton. I did the full oh, yes. Sunday name there in 18th. Oh, yeah. yeah, with which... an identical time to Michael Crease in front of him. Ah, but Crease must have got it because he said it before him. Would yes. that be the rule? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was two as well. Um, Dan Camish and George Gamble set identical times as well. Um, whereabouts were they? Oh, yes. the uh... 7th and 8th. Yep. Yeah. So... Uh, well, good to Camish for out-qualifying out Sutton. I believe mm. all I heard was Sutton was having some uh, setup troubles yeah. um, in the dry, but 
anyway, that certainly uh, didn't count for anything on the Sunday because it was wet. I would say that uh, Bobby Thompson in 19th also, also mentioned that he had some issues which mm. were then not um, expanded upon. So whatever that, I mean, that could be racing driver parlance for we got the setup wrong or I made a mistake. You never exactly, know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it can always just be an excuse or it could be something genuine is wrong with the car. Yeah, but certainly Josh Cook and Ingram both did amazing jobs, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, and anyway, then it rained. So the start of the race, the first race on the Sunday, was a wet track, but it wasn't necessarily raining at that point. So there was always a chance it could dry out. Yes. Which is why Rory Butcher went on to slicks for the start. Mm-hmm. But but then... <laughs> yes, then... Uh, he went on to slicks and off the track on the, <laughs> on the formation lap. Um, but he did manage to recover. He didn't hit anything, but he slid off while trying to warm his tyres up. Managed to get back on track before everyone else had passed him, so therefore he's allowed to regain his position on the grid. Very um, fortunate. I thought at one yes. point he's not going to find reverse there. Yeah, especially not quick enough on the wet grass. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, well, he's on slicks, so we'll even get off the grass. But... Mm. Um, he made it, but that was that was the the first of several uh, interesting moments for Butcher this weekend. Uh, yes, he's he's very on edge still. Yes, <laughs> um, I have to say that I'm surprised he was the only car to go for sticks at, on the formation lap. I believe um, Will Powell pitted for sticks after the he formation did. lap, mm-hmm. but no one else tried it. And I thought a couple of people near the back of the grid possibly could have been worth going for but if Matt Jackson was still racing he would have been he would have done the same I think yeah <laughs> oh he oh, he loved the um, six on the front wets on the rear but, oh yeah uh, you're not allowed to do no, that anymore are you it's no longer allowed so maybe he yeah. would have gone full slicks but uh, so the race gets underway um, Cook gets an amazing start I think the, the front two uh, stay very similar I think Hill is quicker away than Turkington but backs out of it and Cook beats Jelly and Morgan off the line in a front wheel drive car as opposed to two rear wheel drive cars just want to highlight that mm-hmm. um, and on the first lap Butcher just runs off on the grass at Surtees because he's on the slicks now I don't know if you noticed the post race interview about what happened to Josh Cook on the first lap yes uh, I don't know where it was but he was off on the grass somewhere yeah so to me it looked like it was Surtees like um mm. Butcher because he, he's right behind Hill going into that. Then the camera cuts away. Then after that, he's fallen behind Jelly again. And he's got grass in the front of his car. Yeah, you saw the grass flying off the car. Yeah, on the t- on the broadcast, but yeah, no idea where it happened. He made reference to, in the post race interview that oh, it was an alarm on the dashboard. But if he hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have rewound and watched it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he could have got away with that mistake because uh, no, no problem. Like uh, he still did really well in the end. Um, and Dan Lloyd went off into the gravel seemingly on his own yes it's hard to tell but it did look like he was unassisted but he did yeah. go off uh, relatively quickly yeah well done to recover that and keep the throttle mm. pinned and we'll have to see on his behind the scenes YouTube video if he explains it <laughs> yep. which hopefully will be out later this week um, so then the race progresses and basically Hill's trying, you think at this point it's all about Hill trying to get the lead yeah and you're watching the Sicily BMWs sort of fall backwards with a few, uh, a bit of rubbing against um, 
other cars like Ingram and Kamish trying to get through. Uh, but actually, what's happening is Josh Cook is on it. Oh, he yeah. gets he gets third, uh, and he's he's the one making the moves at the front. What did you think to um, Cook's performance? I think he measured it quite well. Yeah, he was aggressive where he needed to be, but he wasn't throwing it around the track like some of the other drivers were. Um, yeah, it was a very calm performance, I would say actually, um, for someone who used to be quite overly aggressive at times. Yeah, some might say that Hill and Butcher need to uh, take a leaf out of his book and yeah. underst- understand um, that sometimes pat- patience is a virtue, even in a short sprint race. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting as well, you might think in these drying conditions that the front-wheel drive cars might chew their tyres more than the rear-wheel drive ones, but mm-hmm. that didn't seem to be the case. It actually seemed to be the BMWs falling backwards. Uh, yes, it seemed to be more that they were cooking their rear tyres. Mm. Um which is, I don't know if the resurfacing at the track that you spoke about was uh, <laughs> something to do with that or not. It might have come back and bit them in the end. Yeah, because it did seem to be very greasy. And maybe that's yes. the result of the resurfacing, but mm. I'm not sure. Good theory. We'll roll with it for now. <laughs> uh, and then the race progresses on, so Cook's making progress, but Butcher Watch starts at lap 11 when he yep. sets the fastest lap. So he's nearly going to lap down, I think, at one point, but then... Uh, the track has dried out sufficiently. Even though it started raining slightly at one point, I thought, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, then the purple sectors are flying, and it's just a case of trying to make the track position without spinning off or getting on the wet line. Yeah, which he managed to do very well. Yeah. Uh, whenever he was going past people, he was trying to stay on the dry line where possible. Um, went on the wet line a few times on the straights, but not through the corners. Yeah. And I think he built confidence as well it wasn't just a case of the tyre switching on it was knowing which part of the track to use um, and making those opportune making the most of the opportune moments um, mm. and great free sponsors let's just say yes. a lot of TV time but anyway Butch is making great pro- progress in the meantime Cook's now gone past Hill and Turkington at the entry to Paddock both very nice moves although I do think Turkington has sort of seen it coming I thought and, the same of uh, Hill as well that um, Cook did the same thing to both of them where he just came yeah. from quite far back and I don't know if the BMWs were thinking well, we might as well let him go or they weren't expecting it or they just did not want to come off of that racing line because it was slippy off of it Oh, good they, point. They, they both seem to stick to the exact line on the outside coming into Paddock Hill Bend Well Hill um, experimented with the wide line later on and went off on his own into the gravel Yeah that's the very wide line Yeah, <laughs> Yeah so there could be something in that theory Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was another wild moment from Hill at lap 22 um, which I think he only lost one position I think Ingram got by but it could have been a lot worse there mm-hmm. and meanwhile Turkington's fallen back behind Hill uh, at that point, Ingram and Kamish and Kamish in particular actually is coming to the fore we're talking yes. about Cook managing tyres but Kamish has done brilliantly well there I thought oh yes yeah, he did very well, because he seemed to come from nowhere at one point. Um, yeah. He was quite way back, and then he was just in the fight. I mean, it was eighth on the grid, and could have won it. Yeah. Which was yeah. Uh, superb, considering still getting up to speed with that card. And Oh, okay, we, there was mitigating circumstances with the fire and qualifying at Donington, but through the races, didn't really progress. True. And so, uh, th- this was back on form, I thought. Oh, yeah, um, he, he outperformed um, Sutton. That's for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. Who, who this weekend seemed to get muscled around a bit, which is very unlike. Actually. Yeah. Um, Butcher, we're at the end, or near at the end, is flying at this point. And the commentary team, he might get one more, but he's certainly, mm. at that point, he was like eighth. Uh, he got up to P6. He actually did get past Turkington for P5, right. then threw it off. Yeah, so it was interesting because a lot of the race, uh, I was watching the leaderboard just for Butcher because not every overtake, mm. understandable, was on camera. And then I saw he was in P5, um, and then all of a sudden at the end, he wasn't. Was he in uh, eighth or seventh? Uh, he dropped to seventh in the end. And I thought, oh, he's gone off. And then there's a replay. You don't see the beginning of it, but he's gone off at Clearways or mm-hmm. Clark Curve. It's a debatable. And he spears into the gravel where Dan Lloyd was, but I think he only just made it out. You can just see he's near Hill, but I don't know if he was trying to go around the outside of him or Hill was defending. You don't get enough of a view for that context, but... No. He's, f- he's fully sideways. Throttle is down, and then he's in the gravel, but it comes very slowly out of it. And Lucky mm-hmm. to not only finish, but then finish... Higher, uh, you know, it could have finished fifteenth yeah. or something. So um, exactly, he started ninth and he still finished seventh. So it's a net gain, mm-hmm. but could have been so much more. But it was entertaining. Yeah. So thanks very much. Oh, it was. I'm not saying I'm just because when was it a few years ago when like half the grid were on sticks and half of them were on wets? There, this was um, 2018, mm. and that was an amazing, amazing race. Which uh, yeah. you probably have to buy a DVD to watch. Unfortunately. Oh yes, and. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Just you know, sometimes you can use the back catalogue to promote the the current upcoming races. Anyway, mm-hmm. Proctor won. Jake Hill came second in the Volkswagen CC. Ollie mm. Jackson third in the Audi S3. <laughs> Mad. And Borderman was fourth. And I remember what got me confused is he still got in like the podium interview section after the race. All right. <laughs> anyway, we should I- probably move on to more contemporary matters. Yeah, there was one thing to clarify back as well is about um, Josh Cook going through the grass. Yeah. Um, was having to monitor his temperature levels throughout the race. Wow. And apparently he was using the hybrid um, to help with this issue because when he was using the hybrid, he could use less throttle to stop the engine from getting too hot. That's clever. So in, in effect, he wasn't necessarily getting a speed boost. He's just yeah. getting the same sort of speed, but with uh, less engine. Yeah. Use. Wow. Well, that that's another uh, amazing facet of his skill mm. in that race because he, he pulled off the win in a measured approach and then was managing uh, temperatures. And clever. Uh, an interesting way of using the hybrid. It, it mm. was said in commentary at some point. He turned it off as well, apparently, allegedly, at some point. Yeah. Um, that might have been in race two. I could be wrong there. No, I remember hearing that, but I actually can't remember which one it was for. Hmm. Yeah, anyway. It's interesting because in damp conditions, potentially you don't necessarily even need it because you don't yeah. want you don't want the front wheel spinning up in a front wheel mm-hmm. drive car. I noticed actually as well as an aside, some several drivers didn't use up their full allocation in the race. No, I noticed that at Donington as well. Um, yeah, a lot of them don't seem to be using it. I don't know if that's a lack of practice on their part or if they just Could feel be they don't need to use it. You you would use it though, right? It's only in the yeah. wet where you maybe might not because um, you might. Have a car with too, too much wheel spin or understeer, and yeah. you just want. But like, it's there. So my only, th- there were, I have two theories, which is, I think it's really difficult to work out because it's based on how many laps you can use it and your finishing position. Mm-hmm. It might be a, a miscoordination with the team or the driver. Yeah, 
and they, or they have that whole like if you press it and you press it too early you have the cancellation thing and they might think it was there but they they're trying to defend or attack and so it might lead to some missed opportunities it's fascinating mm. that part of it though because it is i do think sometimes maybe they're saving it up to make sure they have it when they need it and then they don't end up using it yeah they miscalculate it as well at that mm-hmm. point as well you know like oh damn i should have used it from one lap before that yeah yeah we'll see so then we go to race two which nobody watched right because everybody's series record didn't work uh yeah <laughs> I, kind of, I knew it was on ITV1, but I had forgotten that was happening. Um, so yeah, when I came back from my day out, I thought I'll watch the touring cars, watch race one, and it's up. Right, where's race two and three then? All I seem to have is the minis. Yeah. So that's when I tweaked. It's, uh, I was fortunate. I some, for some reason, checked the series record beforehand, which I would never normally do, mm. and realised, how I can admit, it's, this schedule's a bit weird, and recorded it, but... I think it's really good that the series is on ITV1. Yes. But part of me felt like that's a really sort of old school method of trying to get more viewers. Yeah. Like, like to me, if we look at Formula 1, oh, we're talking about these packed grandstands. Formula 1 is not on free-to-air TV live, apart from one race a year in the mm-hmm. UK. And several other countries, it's just not. It's just on. It's behind a paywall. Yet they're yeah. still how, somehow getting more viewers than ever. And people just point to Drive to Survive. I do think that's a huge factor. But I also think, look at how they utilize social media. Look at how they utilize YouTube uh, and mm-hmm. gaming and uh, their online media outlets. How many articles they write about drivers on the website. And I think BTCC's budget is obviously tiny in comparison. But yeah, putting it but- on ITV1 isn't going to solve everything. That's no. That's my only theory. So I'm happy that ITV One was involved, but I mm-hmm. think that it's not the be all and end all. And I'd like once again like to see more effort digitally. Yeah, I think that's where your digital native audience will come from. Um, and, and speaking also being of which, able to catch the um, repeats or reviewings of it because it took me a while to find out how I could actually watch the ones I'd missed. Right. So the recording has um, not worked because it was on ITV One. I'm sure mm-hmm. many fans had a similar scenario. So you go on ITV Hub, and then what happens? Well, when it, what first happened is I then found the program for that day, and it said it was 420 minutes long, so I assumed they had just put the whole pro- program from ITV4, ITV1, back to ITV4 into one thing to watch on the Hub. Brilliant. And when you go into it, it was only two and a half hours long, and it was basically the first part that was on ITV4 only. Oh, my word. And... You could then also watch the second part that was on ITV4, but I couldn't find the middle bit at the time on ITV Hub at all. Now, the second part on ITV4 was just the support races again, wasn't it? Was it, it Porsche? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, have you. So, and then, do you have to wait the next day before you could watch them then, basically? I eventually found it that night. I was actually looking okay. on my app on my phone on the Sky Go thing, um, downloaded it to a box, and then I was going to watch it in the morning. Um, when I went to the box I couldn't find it because it was also tucked away inside an other tab inside the recordings oh my word weirdly so you could only see the two recordings I've got but then if you clicked it from series 2 as they'd labelled it to other that's where the other bit was right so some weird categorization going on on the Sky platform there that's all yes and eventually when I realised where it was I was able to watch it but it took me another day to even notice it was there yeah, it's not it's not ideal. Like no. 
I hope that they can say in their stats, oh, it's on ITV1 and they get a ratings boost. But mm-hmm. I feel like that incorporates people just flicking through the channels, right? I feel like the... Yeah. I, I worry that the whole thing uh, was uh, had impacted the BTC existing fan base. Uh, you know but it's good to on... get more people in. Sorry, do you know what was on ITV4 whilst it was on ITV1? So I was just curious. Uh, I originally I knew it was on ITV1, but I actually thought the whole program was going to be on ITV4 and just a bit of it was going to be on ITV1 at the same time. But clearly that wasn't Correct. what happened. No, I, I thought that as well, because when the announcement... I read a news announcement, well, I think it was on the BTCC website, that explained... Or the social media, actually, BTC. Oh, it's going to be an ITV1. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily clear at that point that it was going to have to switch between. Yeah. It sounded like it's simul- simulcast. Yeah. Uh, it was nothing in particular. Yeah. It was uh, the movie Twins. Oh, God. <laughs> and something about Rivers. Yeah, so that they, so, they could um, have carried the broadcast on on ITV4 as well. Yeah, they could. I, I, I think... Um, so this clearly was then a move to try and get more viewers on ITV1, which is brilliant. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, if someone from the BTCC ever listened to the podcast, which they never will, <laughs> but like they would be like, "Oh, I'm an idiot because I'm I'm bashing the switch to ITV one. I'm not. I just think there are other priorities." That's, you know, yeah, it's brilliant. But and if you watched like, it live, it was made clear that it was switching over to the other channel. But the problem is, a lot of people correct record it so as they don't have to watch it live because they've got things they need to do during yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. So so having ITV up, up to date is great. As we stand now. Um, several days after, we're three days after the event. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a single video on the uh, BTCT YouTube channel, and I'm going to re go back to this point again because I went to see a comedy gig last night. It was David Mitchell, Rob Brydon, and Lee Mack in Halifax, of all places, right? <laughs> yeah. And they do this uh, crowd back and forth bit at a certain point, and they give the crowd certain crowd members microphones. And there was an American uh, accent. And they're like, wow, where are you from? They're from, oh, we're from um, Ohio. Oh, why have you come to Halifax? Oh, we came to see you. What? <laughs> yeah, we came from Ohio to see you because you don't talk in America. They're like, yeah, but our, what I like to you or whatever is not on in America. Like, oh, yeah, but we found it on YouTube and we watch all the clips on YouTube. Yeah. And so that that is just one use case but mm-hmm. it says to me that uh, this whole uh, not putting the clips up and then when they do they put them in one bulk with bad titles yeah like ah oh, man I just wish that that was the case on the day on the day of the event boom before you leave on the Sunday sorry anyway mm. easy for me to say I'm not working there no so we should probably talk about the race oh one last thing about ITV1 though before we do <laughs> yep did you notice that they were explaining it as if everybody watching was a baby uh, I didn't because I literally because it took me forever to actually realise I could Watch them. Uh, I yeah. just skipped to the races, and I'm I've literally just watched the start. Of the Even race. in the race, there was a point where it, a safety car was explained, and I thought, uh, "Well, that would never happen normally." <laughs> see, that's another thing I missed because uh, I was trying to catch up on all of this stuff because I saw it late. Yeah. I actually fast forwarded through the safety car period. Oh yeah, so in the safety car mm. period, we we had an explanation as to what a safety car was. <laughs> well. And I just thought, oh, uh, but all the pre-build-up was like explaining mm. it, which is important, but more so than ever, I'm fine with it. I just think you don't need to explain what a safety car is. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm all for making it more approachable and accessible, so I don't want that to come across in the wrong way. But you don't need to say, explain what the safety car is. Um, all right, so the race starts. It's the same grid as the results from race one, mm-hmm. which we probably should 
uh, quickly mention Josh Cook one, Ingram second, Dan Cummings third, Jekyll fourth, Colin Turkington fifth. Um, but Adam Morgan is not on the grid because he has a technical issue. Car won't move when it's in first gear. And also, we should also mention that George Gamble finished in 14th place as we are taking over Gamble Watch this year from Sam's Melt Watch. Oh, how can I forget Gamble Watch? Yep. Yes, steadily went backwards, but first touring car race in the rain. That's Indeed. allowed. Also, I went to Home Bargains the other day, and they had... <laughs> so I was not expecting that. They had... <laughs> they had cans of hooch. Oh, yes. And I was like, oh, right, interesting. Now, I did buy them, but it shows the power of sponsorship in terms of association. Because yeah. I was like, oh, look at that. It stood out on the shelf. Yeah. So if that's worth anything for the sponsors, you, it's probably not. But there you go. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> anyway, at the start, it all kicks off, and you don't really see it, but you had to go on Michael Creasy's social media to see what mm-hmm. happened. What happened, Nick? Um, right, let's try and get... It was... Ash Hand was on the right-hand side... I should say the right-hand side of the grid as if he was driving along it. Um, and... Who was the other person involved? Uh, it looks like Daniel Robottom. That's it, sorry, Robottom. So the two of them are relatively close together, but there's a small gap between them, and they're coming together. Um, and at this point, an Infinity, which I believe was Tom Children. Uh, Hyundai. I, I said Infinity. Yes. I don't. I don't know. know either. But yes, a Hyundai. I should say. Um, <laughs> tries to sneak in the gap in the middle, and it just wasn't a gap big enough. And both of the other two cars ended up pincering in front of it, smashing into each other. Um, Ash Hand then also veers across the track after this. Unfortunately, then taking out his own teammate, um, Michael Kreese, and. Just to add insult to injury, while Michael Kreese was trying to get back on the track, he then gets hit by, I think it was Dexter Patterson. <laughs> this time it, it yeah, was one of the Infinities. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the Infinity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Both Infinities are damaged in this mm-hmm. one. I, um, I feel unfortunate because, do you say it's Kreese trying to get back on the track that gets hit again? Uh, yes. He, get, he manages to get hit <laughs> completely um, in, in, innocently mm-hmm. on the track and then again on the grass. Yeah. Which is a rare scenario. Yeah, uh, it's a complete mess. Mm-hmm. And it could have been a lot, lot worse. If you think about how many cars are behind them, there's, what, 15 cars behind them on the grid yeah. spearing in? I mean, that could have been... Um, ooh, was it Snetterton 2016? Uh, which was a year where it was Cook and Sutton in an MG. That year at Snetterton, mm. there was a big pilot where someone speared... There was all smoke and everybody... Yeah piled in and it was it was horrendous it could have been something like that but fortunately it wasn't I, I'm really surprised Robottom wasn't driven into yeah because um, I think he spun around didn't he? but the key thing here is th- there was a replay in the coverage but only from a slightly odd angle now yeah. I, I realise that um, you can't have all the angles and it's a live broadcast so I'm not uh, dissing that but it's a shame that they can't just do that clip as a highlight from the judicial mm-hmm. cameras for like Facebook and YouTube because it's not necessarily a contentious one because you can't you could apportion blame but it's debatable. I don't think the stewards have done anything wrong per se. No, I haven't seen anything so about that. Yeah, but it creates a debate if you put it out there and spark the spark the discussion. I feel, um, and it's a shame you have to go on Michael Kreese's. Uh, well, Paul Clark has submitted the clip to Michael Kreese yeah. and he's tweeted it, and it's a shame that that's the only way of uh, actually watching the incident. Yeah, um, it was strange on the broadcast as well that it was I think a couple of laps before we actually saw the replay of the incident. Um, the first clue we had that it even happened was there was debris on the outside of the track at the end of lap lap. Yeah, one, it was all over the place. Wasn't it? Yeah, and then there was a shot of one of, was it one of the affinities with their bonnet up? Yeah, 
uh, on the power back one of the power backs cars missing the bumper. Now the bonnet up thing, I think was if that was Moffat, he drove into the back of Jelly, mm-hmm. uh, avoiding uh, Robottom. And then when Jelly gathered his thoughts, he then sideswiped the other Infinity. Yeah. So he, he made contact unwittingly. Uh, well, one hit him and then he hit the other of both the Infinities, which uh, disaster. Oh, what I would say as well is the two Power Max cars did a really solid first race to be in that position. Yes. And it's really unfortunate that they're weakened unraveled from there. Yeah, I thought that. Um, as I say, I've got a bit of an interest in Ash Hand this year just because I, I remember how good he was in the Clios. And just the fact that he was... On his teammate's pace, yeah, um, was ahead of him for I think shadowed him the first race. I don't I can't remember if he finished ahead of him or not. He did, he did. He did. He finished eleventh and Crease was twelfth. Yeah. But I thought they were both driving really sensibly and cleverly, mm. not impeding each other too much, and that was a, a brilliant result. And then unfortunately, just this um, shenanigans going on with three cars coming together to wipe them out. Yeah, it was just. I mean, if I had to apportion any blame, it would be Chilton for trying to put his nose in a gap that probably wasn't going to be there. But it, it's the start. Yeah. That's kind of what you're there to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've seen some comments on social, but it's not a clear-cut thing. No. And that's why I think that sort of thing could be put out as like a all the angles of the yeah. incident uh, for like Twitter videos and stuff like this, which which I think helps mm-hmm. the the awareness because. Debate sparks social media algorithms in yes. 2022. That's how the internet works. I mean, if that incident happened on, say, lap 10, I'd be like, Chilton's got no right to put his nose there. But at the start yeah, of the race, you're all jockeying for position and you're trying to get the right place. So, yeah, I don't see there's a penalty needed a, for it. No, I would agree with that. It's uh, unfortunate. I would agree with it, again with the... Uh, if you had to apportion blame, it's Chilton, but I didn't see there was a need for any mm-hmm. reprimand there. Yeah. Um, but, and it was lucky that he didn't... Uh, result in a, a terrible pileup. So then the race cracks on ahead of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ingram runs across the grass at Surtees, but it's only only mild. And then it's all about Rory Butcher again because he looks like he's got the pace, he's overtaking, but then he's mm. running wide. And that, that, him and uh, Ingram have a good battle. So um, Butcher does eventually pass Ingram up at Druids. It's quite forceful, yeah, but fair enough. And uh, also we see Ash Sutton running wide. On the exit paddock because he's sort of on the outside of a pack and get pushes out there, yeah. which is very uncertain. Like. Yeah, um, didn't Tim Harvey? I think on the comment she said at that point, if you're going to be on the outside of a pack, you 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 expect to be pushed out wide. Well, that's exactly what yeah. happened. Certainly in this spot, uh, and then, but next time we see him, his front's really damaged, but we don't know why. Mm. Um, both of his headlights are sort of askew. Uh, then race progresses. Butcher's on the move again, so then he's up to second. Um, briefly, because he goes past Hill at Paddock, doesn't he? But then uh, doesn't Hill fight back on the grass? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, Butcher dived quite late into Paddock, but kept it nicely there. Uh, but Hill manages to get the undercut just, and two wheels on the grass at that point as well, uh, and yes, retakes the Druids, which also then pushes Butcher out wide and lets Camish through as well. Yes, yeah, so he used the grass and mm. then forced him wide. Fair, fair play. Mm. A butcher and Hill, the two explosive drivers at the minute, um, racing together. I thought, oh, this is going to be an accident. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Kamish made progress from that, so good on Kamish. So then uh, Butcher's further back again. He then eventually does go past uh, Kamish once more, but then runs wide on <laughs> <Yep>. his own <laughs> again. 
<laughs> rightfully gets a kicking from Harvey. You, uh, he said something like, you give up track position at your peril in this championship. Yeah, you cannot afford to make those mistakes. Said, you've only lost something like, I think he said 10 yards of uh, position, but you've lost a car. And that's, that's the yep. big difference. And then Butcher really didn't do anything for the rest of the race, really. No. Um, sort of faded. So men, when they, when he, clearly, maybe that was some tyre fade. But Possibly, yeah. Just he didn't have any experience didn't the make the most of the in the first race. So. Yeah, that's true. So just didn't make the most of the uh, opportunities there, I didn't think. Um, uh, Josh Cook as well, so, um, around that time, has been doing what I would refer to as an Aiden Moffat. Um, driving around <laughs> the inside of the track very slowly, but doing it in a, in a better way. Um, yeah, no, that's where it's different. Yes. That's where it's different. Because if it was Aiden Moffat or Tom Boardman or Chris Smiley... <laughs> uh, he would have ended up in the gravel at some yes. point by doing a late move but he defended all through this race mm-hmm. perfectly I didn't see a single miscue oh there was one moment where I thought Hill maybe got an yes, overlap yes he ran slightly wide and Hill tried but yeah, yeah he got away with it it got away with it um, but he was very clever and I thought oh my word he's actually defending the whole race and he pulled it off yeah because quite a few times he was so slow through clearways slash Clark curve Um Yes, we've got to get that and, right. And like, deliberately being slow, so as Hill was being backed up into Camish. I think it was Camish at that yeah, point. But it was Butcher, depending. That's the rules of engagement. Like he didn't do anything. Oh wrong. no, no, that's perfectly it was good. Just genius. Um, yeah, because when I was watching it the first time he did it, I was thinking, oh, he's got a problem because he'd slowed down so much. But then it's like, oh no, he's just backing them up on the apex to make sure that they can't sneak past him. It looks so slow, mm. doesn't it? And uh, he definitely needed a new bumper after this. I should think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know it's also through Clark Curve and um, easy for me to say yep. Clark Curve and Clearways uh, he was like ditch hooking it he had like two wheels mm. on the I'm thinking like because this race was drying out again but everybody was on the wets and you couldn't really pit for slips no. um, managing those tyres was key and I also, I also think going slowly wasn't just defensive it was managing the wheel spin and using the kerb, which was wetter than the track, mm-hmm. to cool the tyres down on the right side. Because yeah. I also noticed in Paddock Hill Bend, there was a dry line appearing. And he was braking, normally the, the actual racing line in the dry is sort of in the middle-ish, the braking zone. Yeah. But he was further to the left. And his left tyres then were on the, the damp part of the track, mm-hmm. which I think would ooh, maybe make the car unstable. But I think what he was doing was cooling the right tyres down on the final corner, on the kerb and the grass and the mud a mm. bit. And then the left tyres down on, on the entry to Paddock Hill Bend by braking with half the car on the wet line. Because Hill and Camish were further towards the right in their braking zones. It looked sketchy, mm. but I thought maybe maybe it's a deliberate thing to keep the tyres cold. Um, yeah. But I could be wrong there. Maybe I'm giving him too many plaudits. Maybe it was just that's his line. It's possible. But but it seemed uh, like it's not something I picked he was up doing on, more of that. But uh, it's very possible because they, they do think things through a lot more than we think they do. Yeah. Yeah, and also this was a testament to the hybrid system. I felt because you could see on the Brabham Straight, like when Hill and mm. Cook especially were using it, and when they weren't using it, and they both saved it for later on, especially Cook. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's that's quite cool, and using it to defend as well. So yeah. it worked well there for me. Um, but then anyway, Hill then makes a mistake oh, later yes. on. That, that was unfortunate. Uh, yeah, so at this point, he's close to Cook still, but Kamish has closed mm-hmm. in and spins at Druids. Yeah, it, 
he went in too hot and spun on his own, but it didn't look like he went in massively too fast, but just a little bit too fast for that weather. Um, I don't know if you saw the post-race interview with Josh Cook, where he said that um, the way that Jake Hill had been taking it sideways through Druid throughout the race was awesome to watch in the rearview mirror. I did see that, uh, yeah. which made me laugh because yeah, it looked, looked like he did it far too much on that last one. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. And so, in theory, yeah, you should count it down a bit, but I don't really want no, it to because it's like it's amazing. That's what I like to see, and in a way, he got quite lucky because yes, he spun and he'd lost places, but he only dropped down to sixth, I think it was at that point. I think he may have lost another place as well afterwards, but yeah, correct, yeah. I did think it was rejoin was a bit sketchy because he he went over the inside curb onto the grass at Druids, mm. um, which uh, it's it's not the smallest curb in the world, and if I think if you'd hit that at that wrong angle at that speed, it could damage the spitter. I don't know if that happened or what. But, yeah, that's true. Um, it, it did well to yeah. yeah. I, I remember was it ninety six? David Leslie got stuck on it. <laughs> but anyway, that's for another time. Uh, uh, love that reference. At least, <laughs> Yeah, and obviously the curb's changed since then, so it's completely superfluous. Mm. Yeah, I just thought, ooh, he's done well to get it on there, not to lose many positions, or spin it on the grass. Mm. Excitement. Trying to get back on um, on the inside there. So, yeah, um, and then, at that point, Kamish is all over Cook. And as he said in the interview, which is the famous racing driver line, if there was one more lap, I would have won it. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Part of me think, well, yeah, maybe, maybe you would have done, but Josh Cook has defended for like the entire race. Well, so. he had hybrid on the last lap, which Josh Cook did yes. not. Um, but I don't know if uh, Kamish used it all up beforehand um, or not. But he, he didn't seem to make any inroads into him coming off the last corner to the finish. I actually line. thought oh, he's won it because he's close coming out of Clark, mm-hmm. so then and he's got hybrid and Cook doesn't. But then it didn't seem to yeah. make a difference. No, it, I get the impression that you can't really use it coming off of Clark Curve. You had to wait till almost the start-finish line to be using Well, you've got to be in third gear and 120 kilometres, is it? Yeah, and also I get the impression that, I don't know for a fact, but you would get a bit of understeer from using it going through there and you'd end up being pushed maybe. wide. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But for that brief moment, not taking those into account, I thought, here we go, it's side-by-side mm. side across the line. But it, it wasn't quite. Right, anyway, mm-hmm. on to race three which was a, a reverse grid draw. It was, but before we get there, we should clarify that um, Sutton got the fastest lap for race two, and Josh Cook came ahead of Dan Kamish and Rory Butcher. Oh, yes, sorry, yeah, the finishing positions, good point. Cook, yep. Kamish, also, Butcher. Also, George Gamble, ninth place. Oh, yes, good position for George there, well mm-hmm. recovered. Jade Edwards also managed to get a point. Jade Edwards. Which she hasn't had many of. I thought was good all weekend, to be honest. Uh, not so good mm-hmm. in qualifying. Yeah. But she was on camera a few times battling. She was always around the Ollie Jackson zone. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, at the bottom end of the points these days. And uh, she was close to Plato, who didn't really mm-hmm. do anything in this race. Uh, he was in one oh. point, 12th. And he finished 13th. And in yes. the end, that it was did. a key, key position to lose out. Uh, yeah. Um, but... Uh, I was just looking at something actually on the BTCC website uh, with the results. Jade Edwards' fastest lap through that race was faster than Gordon Shedders. Mad. And Jake yep. Hills. <laughs> so, so she was definitely on the yeah, pace. 100%. Maybe the wet conditions and tyre management suits her driving style or the setup of the car at the time. Mm. Maybe a combination of both. Brilliant. Yeah, quite I possibly. thought it was a superb drive um, mm. considering the number of people she's ahead there. 
And she was sort of in that mix, though. It wasn't just the point. It was the fact that she was sort of in that mix the weekend. Yeah. I mean, yes, they, they inherited a few places from the crash at the start, but she still finished ahead of several other drivers who you would think could be ahead of her. Good point. And, and she was in that same sort of position for race three. I don't want to talk about the results just yet, but she was mm. fighting for points in the third one as well. So George Gamble, our boy. <laughs> ninth. Oh, boy. Yeah, Turkington, um, 10th. Didn't really do much in that race. No, he, he really struggled. Uh, in fact, all of the BMWs seemed to struggle a fair bit. It was only Hill that was on the pace, but then he obviously had his spin, so it flattered to, to deceive yeah. that he was actually significantly quicker than all the BMWs in that race. Like, I mean, Jelly mm-hmm. was delayed with the start incident, so that's kind of hard to look into that. And Morgan wasn't on the grid. Yeah. Still, Turkington, you'd, you'd expect a normal charge back up and it just didn't happen so then race three obviously we go to the other gate that we follow in british touring cars which is ball ball gate yep the reason we say ball gate is because uh nick you noticed something at donnington which is a bit weird yeah at donnington where they have the the draw for race three and who gets the reverse grid uh there was six drivers in the draw uh, so therefore six numbers that could be pulled out but there was at least 10 balls in the pot which I thought was weird. So I assume there was 12 balls, so there was two for each driver. But they've never done that before. It was always just one ball for each driver. Yeah, so we've gone back and corroborated this, and you can clearly see it on the ITV coverage. There's at a mm. least 10 from the angle, and potentially more, which yeah. is bizarre. But this time round, there were only just six. Yeah. So we're curious to see what happens in the next meeting. Did you also notice Ooh, they were lit the... up as well? Yes, I did, is actually. That a thing when they do it when it's dark or i don't never noticed that before mate i'm paying more attention to the balls now than ever before basically (laughs) um so sentence you didn't think you'd say no 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 but it uh, (laughs) i'll tell you what was weird about this for me actually it wasn't the number of balls but it was zach brown Mm. and steve Ryder, the legend unfortunately did go oh you're having a good time zach you ever fancied uh being involved in this series to which chance was yeah we did it in 2014 but we weren't very good oh awkward (laughs) Uh, United Autosports, which is his team, or partly his team, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure the full setup there. Did enter in 2014 with now what was it? James Cole and Glyn Geddy, and then for the final oh, rounds, yes. was it Luke Hines returned? I think that's correct. I couldn't. Tell. I remember James Cole and Glyn yeah. Geddy, but I couldn't remember who replaced. In Aventus is his, is, but it wasn't. Wasn't yes, Aventus. So. Yeah. Hey, did you know the plural of Lotus is Lotus? Um, I don't think <laughs> I've ever thought about it. <laughs> you have to say these six Lotus. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Now, do you want to go? Well, well, um, do you want to go through race three? Well, first of all, we should say that Chilton got pole in the reverse grid yep. draw, and was it Bobby Thompson? I think yeah. So it's Chilton and Bobby Thompson on the front row with Turkington and Gamble behind, um, and then Dan Lloyd and Jake Hill behind that. And at the start, I was convinced when I looked at it that Jake Hill would jump the start. Ooh, I didn't um, spot that. Oh, no, I mean I was convinced because he was that fast. Um, ah. I, I read, re, rewound it and watched it, and he did not jump the start at all. He just got a ridiculously good one. Well done. Um, if Turkington hadn't been in his way, he probably would have been battling for the first place into the first corner. Wow! From sixth on the grid. Yes, I forget. But he was tried sixth the, on the inside, grid. and Turkington was there, so he then had to sort of back up. Um, so he was kind of second going into the first corner, but he was on the outside. Um, so I think he ended up shuffling back to around fourth by the time the uh, it all panned out, and then Plato. 
well, a disaster really, because we're live on ITV1, mm. and he has an on-board camera, and he's in the yeah. barriers. Yeah. And it looked like and an unforced error. It, I thought, yeah, I assumed he'd had some kind of contact, but no, he just braked too late, locked the wheels up, and uh, went straight on. He seemed to have an open goal in front of him to go right around the outside of like five or six cars. Yeah, um, that's the only thing I can think of is that he just thought, right, if I leave it a little bit late, I can make spaces up on everyone queuing on the inside. Yeah, because everyone was queuing on the inside. Uh, I mean, you never really want to be mm. on the outside of Druids because there's opportunity on the exit to be forced off. But there was yes. a huge gap, and I would have certainly gone for the for the same move. Mm-hmm. But it looks like the front axle locked up, and then then you're just a passenger at that point. It was quite a big hit yeah. into the barriers, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was quite fast. But yeah, it didn't seem to do any appreciable damage, I don't think. Um, it looked like he was trying to get the car to it reverse It definitely out. was. He definitely had the engine running and he was uh, spinning yeah. the tyres up, which, I mean, it was um, pointless in the end. However, I probably would have still tried it. Yeah, it was going nowhere. It was going nowhere, but oh, yeah. I'd try it. Anyway. Yeah, Harvey got his little dig in. Oh, yeah? Which I thought was funny. Oh, well, you would do, but he said, yeah, it, it looks like Jason's perfectly fine. The only thing damaged will be his pride. <laughs> I thought it's fair enough. Definitely true, yeah. I mean, it's on the one hand TV exposure, but not the sort he would be after, I think. No. So then we got the safety car. I mean, that could have been. Oh, yes. Safety car, which was explained to us how it worked. Brilliant. Yes, as you were saying. But yeah, just Plato, just quickly on Plato. Like, missed opportunity, unfortunately, to be in a reverse grid position. And then mm. it just just shows you just that one position out in British touring cars and it can change, change your fate dramatically. So safety car's going on, pulls away. And then it's basically we're watching Tom Chilton for a while. Yeah, not doing particularly well. He's he's first, but um, yeah, he, he doesn't seem to be gelling with this car yet. I would agree with that. And I'm hoping that that is something that resolved quickly because he doesn't seem to have gelled with any of the cars he's driven in the last four. I was going to say that, but we'll see on that one. Just uh, Dan Lloyd, maybe not so much this weekend, but Dan Lloyd and Tom Ingram have definitely got a big advantage on him. Um, so after the safety car. Turkington goes the long way around Chilton for first place where he starts it at Clearways and through Cloutskirk and literally just goes around the outside the whole way and still around the outside of Paddock Hill Bend. He could have pulled across a couple of times but he thought better of it and gave him room and then managed to get ahead just before Druids. Yeah, that was superb. Which was a lovely move. It definitely seems to be that the rear-wheel drive cars in this race in particular were really benefiting from taking the wide line around Clearways and Clark Curve. Yeah, they had a completely different line, uh, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. Hard to tell if it was... Why was, wasn't it working so well in the in the other two races? I'm not sure. But Well, Turkington in particular said that in the other two races he was running a combination dry-slash-wet setup. Mm. Um, and then for the third race they just went for a full wet setup. And he said it transformed the car. Right. So maybe that's something to do mm-hmm. with it. And also, I suppose, at least in race one, I'm not sure about race two, but race one, there was the drying line yeah, on the inside. The you have to stay to that, uh, don't we, you? We didn't really have that in race three. It was just, it was just wet. wet. Yeah, good point. And then Jake Hill does the exact same move, pretty much, on Bobby Thompson, um, but gets ahead slightly before uh, Panic Hill, I believe. At this point, I thought Thompson's um, going to slip back, but thankfully it didn't, didn't happen. Yes. Um, Jake Hill then performs the same move again on Tom Chilton on the next lap um, but this time uh, Bobby Thompson dives through on Chilton at the same time which was um, brilliant grab that position yeah. it was I thought oh see. he's going to fall back but actually he was up for the fight and then I think George Gamble then manages to get Chilton so at this point Chilton's just going backwards quickly 
Um, and at that point, I wasn't sure if Chilton let Ingram through or if Ingram just got through. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, it looked a little bit too easy for me. It did. Um, and then Chilton just went totally backwards. So um, you seem to think that he had damage or a punch. Yeah, yeah. So Chilton's falling back. Um, at this point, Sutton's got through uh, into Paddock. Mm-hmm. Chilton does at least try for the cutback, but his front left hits the right rear of Sutton. Uh, the camera cuts away and then and it, to a different angle, but on that same move, just a few metres later, Jurid's Chilton's already pulling off and slowing down. And then as he's coming down yeah. towards Graham Hill Bend, to me it looks like a front left puncher. It's simply a slight, slight bit of contact and misjudgment to try and get the cutback. Uh, I mean, good that he was trying because at that point he's just falling backwards. But uh, it seems mm. like uh, it was his downfall because it's uh, punctured, punctured a tyre. Yeah, so he then pits and according to Tim Harvey, because um, we can't see anything to confirm yeah. this, but he believes he then went on to slicks. Uh, in an attempt to maybe make up some t- places, because at this point his race is ruined anyway. Um, fair enough. So, yeah, always worth the gamble. And speaking of gamble, um, I believe he went then wide at Druids and lost a place to Ingram. Right. Um, Butcher then barges past Gamble, <laughs> is how I would describe yep. it. Um, quite forceful. Uh, it was through Paddock, I believe, but yeah, he... Oh, yeah, of course, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Sutton follows through yeah. on that one, but I also also say it was very well held by Gamble. Yes, yes, it was. Because it was a, a tap on the right rear, well, more than a tap on the right rear, going through Paddock Hill Bend, and that should have been a spin. Yeah, yeah. So he held on to that, and uh, then we see Tom Chilton. Backwards in the gravel at Clearways. And not going anywhere. No. And so we believe that is because of him being on slick tyres and having yep. no grip. But as I say, we can't confirm that. Nope. But um, So that brings out the safety car. That was basically the end of the race for me. Mm, pretty much. Like, safety car goes in and there wasn't too much going on then for the end. Unless you had anything down. No, there was There was a little bit of battling at the back um, for the around 15th place between uh, Morgan, Edwards and Moffitt. Right. Uh, which is quite interesting, but it, yeah, um, I think Morgan ended up falling back slightly on that one. Fourteenth uh, in the end for Morgan, fifteenth for Moffat, Jelly was thirteenth, Taylor Smith sixteenth, Holly Jackson up in P twelve, uh, Gordon Shedden eleventh. Not much going on there. So no, unfortunately, you had two two bangers, I would say, and then mm-hmm. when it's sort of more towards peak time in ITV one, the third race was was good, yeah. but not not amazing. It sort of petered out. Exactly, and race three is normally the exciting one. Yes. But yeah, it just didn't seem to pan out that way this time. Part of me thinks the whole ballast at this point might have created a more exciting third race, but it's too early to see. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. But uh, yeah, well, Colin Turkington ended up winning reasonably comfortably yep. uh, from Jake Hill, uh, both of whom were miles ahead of Bobby Thompson. But amazing result. First ever podium uh, for Thompson. Yeah, no, brilliant for him. And hard. Um, and also, yeah. But yeah, no, none of the other Coopers were looking anywhere near really getting points most of the weekend. That's true. Um, did any of them get points? Um, well, I feel like they didn't. Bobby did. No, I think he was the, I think he's the only one. Yeah, he was the only one to get points in those, that yeah. Cooper. Um, De facto team leader. And Aaron Taylor-Smith should be challenging, especially in some of these races where he wasn't really involved in anything mm. and people were 
getting in contact and falling off the track. He, he just wasn't really in the fight for. Ah, uh, he went into the gravel in race one or race two. Ah, right. I and he came that. back out. Yeah, they didn't show how he got there. They just saw him driving out. And so, that depending on which race and the grid positions, etc., could have um, mm. impacted things. I want to say that might have been race one because he finished twenty first, but could yeah, be could wrong be. there. Could be wrong there. He definitely visited the uh, Clark Curve slash Clearways gravel trap. Yep. Yeah, it's brilliant to see Bobby Thompson up there. It's always good to see a new person on the podium. Yep. And he deserves it as well. He had a cracking weekend, I think. He's always shown potential in the past, until mm -hmm. the big role at Croft. But that weekend he was quick. But that season was a bit... Yeah. Uh, but he's always been in, let's, shall we say, second-hand machinery. Yeah, I was just thinking that, because um, if you look at Robottom when he was at Sicily, he was okay, but he didn't show any sign of, signs of being a potential race mm. winner. And then you put him in that uh, Civic along with Shedden, and he's transformed. Yeah, he's he's not done so much this year yet, but last year he had a cracker. Well, and so what could Bobby do in a, a better car? Yeah, it's a very good point, and that perhaps leads us on neatly to Thruxton, which is the twenty eighth to the twenty ninth of May. We'll do a podcast about that hopefully. Um, where everyone's hyping up the Josh Cook expertise, but I think Robottom's had a lull yeah. so far this year, and maybe that could be one to keep an eye on in qualifying. My prediction is a pull. How about that? Uh, for Robottom, yes. was that? Ooh. Put you on the yeah, spot that's, there. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss that another time, but I'm, I think that's the race weekend for him to fight back. The Honda's quite good around there. Cool. Yeah, quite possibly, um, because Josh Cook will be limited on his hybrid usage Correct. for being second in the championship. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. We should we do should the championship. <laughs> gamble watch first. Oh, yes, yes, seventh. Brilliant result. So, coming out of Brands Hatch, Tom Ingram, uh, I believe, maintains the lead. I think he was yep. in the lead going into Correct. it. Um, from Josh Cook, then Ash Sutton, Jake Hill and Colin Turkington both tied on points. Uh, Gordon Shedden a couple back. Um, Rory Butcher, Adam Morgan, George Gamble, and Dan Lloyd rounds out the top ten. So I would say, well, the top two remain the same. Uh, mm -hmm. Shedden probably the bigger loser this this weekend. Yeah. And Butcher the big gain because he didn't really do anything at Donington. Yeah. So it's... Have we got our title protagonists already? I think the time is ripe for a Turkington mm. fight back. <laughs> I honestly think that Hill and Turkington are, are taking points off each other they're, when they're scrapping. Certainly at Donington that was the case. In fact, Dick Bennett said that um, along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, though, there's a miscommunication there about their uh, battling for position at the first Donington race. Uh, but yeah. now there has been a conversation or something like this. <laughs> How yeah. you have that, though, when um, each driver brings their own sponsors is a difficult one. Yeah, and they're also not a number one, number two. They are nope. both potential championship contenders, so you can't really stop them. No. I think the wording has to be just don't be stupid. But you yeah, can exactly. You know, battle hard, but if you take the other driver out, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Would you like to have a guess without clicking? Who's leading the constructors championship? I'll give you the entries, right? Ah, You've got I see. Yeah, uh, motor based performance, Ford, Team Dynamics, Honda, Toyota, Accelerate Motorsport, Hyundai and BMW. So yeah, I'd have to say BMW then. No, they're one point behind the leader. 
which is Accelerate, Mudsport, oh. Hyundai. But they are oh, tied on points with motor-based Ford. So BMW's in third. Ah, it's only because of them having Hill and Turkington up there, whereas the other two teams just seem to have Ingram's son. Yeah. Because Kamish did well this weekend, but he had nothing coming into them. Well, unless you've got anything else mm. to say about the BTCC, we probably should wrap it up about there. Uh, just one thing. Um, you were saying that Robotum. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Did you say? Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going for Josh Cook, even without the hybrid. It's hard to disagree with that, just, just, just even though I have. So. He, sh- he should have no chance. Um, because the hybrid should make a very big difference at Thruxton. But for some reason, I just think he'll do it. Feel it in your bones. Yeah, he'll probably end up qualifying 12th. What, what was he crowned? Yeah. The King of Thruxton or something? He was, yeah. Uh, if I type King of Thruxton, the first thing that comes up is just there we go. continue to build his reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, King of Thruxton. Well, I'm going for Robotten. So for those who are listening, let us know who you think might win at Thruxton. It's at Bar66, at Final Corner Pod, at Manorhouse and at Tom H. Lord, any one of those on Twitter. Colin will be back soon uh, for a much yes. more organised and less rambly podcast, hopefully. Indeed. But for now, thank you for joining. We'll, there is the Spanish Grand Prix on the 22nd of May, so hopefully we'll do an episode for that as well. And like I say, the next BTCC yeah. round is in a couple of weeks from Thruxton, so we'll cover that. We may end up bringing the, the two together so as we can get Colin back for both of them, but we'll, we'll see what Yeah, happens. we'll see what his travel arrangements are. Swanning about, mm-hmm. missing the touring cars, eh? Yeah. Well, acceptable. <laughs> so, uh, with that, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye. See you later. Well, that was okay. How long was that, though? Hour 20. <laughs> <laughs>